This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, the races are shaking up. Dr. Oz is beating John Fetterman in now another poll coming after that disastrous debate. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on here on the show. And also, Hochul's lead in New York over Congressman Lee Zeldin for the New York governorship. Well, that is tightening big time. And independent voters are turning towards Lee Zeldin. And that race has tightened significantly since that debate. So lots of big news happening. And I think part of the reason in both cases, but especially in this latest one with Lee Zeldin and Governor Hochul, undoubtedly crime. Crime, there have been so many instances of late in New York State and around the country And crime is consuming people wherever they go. And remember, Hochul gave that disastrous line, basically saying, why is it so important to you, Lee? Why do you keep asking about what we're going to do about criminals? Yeah, they'll have some sort of consequences. Why is it so important? And right away, that was the big, big headline. And we're all seeing it every single day. There are people out there with these random attacks. There's been a couple horrible ones that have happened in the last few days. Uh, a new one also uh, that we're hearing about of a worker there who was suddenly stabbed. And he said that nobody was even responding, that it was just sort of if people were numb. They didn't know what to do or what to say. Another person who was beaten on the subway, basically, after a 78-year-old guy complained about, hey, could you keep the noise down? And a guy and his gal started beating up on him. I mean, all these unbelievable attacks that are happening and an unprovoked attack where a guy was stabbed in the back 430 in the morning on Friday, suddenly just got stabbed in the back. Also, an attack with a wrench thrown into the home of Cardinal Dolan right behind St. Patrick's Cathedral. Police are now investigating that as a potential hate crime. Luckily, he was not there at the time. But things are just getting so horrible and so heated. And I firmly believe that that disconnect from Governor Kathy Hochul really hurt her during the debate. She just seemed so removed when he kept saying, why is it so hard for you to answer what you want to do to criminals, especially repeat offenders? And she kept kind of moving on and talking about guns and talking about climate change. And they're like, no, 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 no. Why is it so difficult? Why won't you say something about Alvin Bragg, soft on crime, D.A. Alvin Bragg, and kept coming back and back and back? I thought that was one of his best moments, and it was very effective that he kept doing it over and over again. 
And finally, she gave this, you know, tepid response that made headlines everywhere where she was like, well, um, I'm not really sure why it's so important to you. Well, guess what? It's important not just to every New Yorker. It's important to every American that we can live safely. And that's why right now law and order is clearly number one on the ballot in New York. Uh, you look at it, some other states, uh, you know, inflation or economy is one and crime is like two or three. But those are clearly the big, big issues. And so far, Republicans have been handily saying we are the law and order candidates and also can explain why they are. And that is what is driving people to go and flip their votes in many cases in places where they ordinarily wouldn't. You're looking like uh, New York. It's a blue state. And yet this new poll, it's an Emerson poll, shows that many independents are now leaning towards Lee Zeldin, those people who were not sure where they were going to go. And guess what? First and foremost, they want to feel safe in their homes. They want to feel safe in their businesses. And all of those things are taking priority. What are your thoughts as to why we are seeing now what looks like very much a big tightening of the race for New York governor. Remember, we haven't had a conservative governor for a long time in New York. And the time that Pataki came in, crime was bad. There were a lot of problems. Uh, you think about times even when Rudy Giuliani came in as mayor in New York City. Times were bad. They wanted somebody who could project law and order and have solutions and tangible solutions. So is this another moment now for New York State where now people are just saying safety is the key? Crime is clearly out of hand. And Democrats, people like Kathy Hochul, do not seem to understand it. They don't seem to care. And they seem to keep talking about the, quote, perception of crime. It was that was the line we heard during the debate this week. Very similar to what we heard earlier from Eric Adams, too, of course, the mayor of New York. And it's that kind of disconnect that clearly is hurting Democrats. Fetterman, it's a whole other matter. Clearly, by the way, boy, is that guy soft on crime. I mean, he talked about wanting to release convicted murderers and was very proud of it. Uh, You know, as lieutenant governor said that that's his priority. But boy, was his debate a debacle. The guy couldn't get a single word out, basically, without... Bumbling and bumbling and mumbling. And so I'm not surprised to see that Dr. Oz has finally taken the lead in that race. He had a bit of catching up to do. And now he has taken the lead in a second poll that just came out um, after the debate. And I think more polls will show that because the Democrats are clearly, clearly concerned about Fetterman. So much so in Pennsylvania today, you had President Biden, you had Kamala Harris, uh, there's word that Obama also may be going there. Uh, they are trying to pull out all the stops, everything they can do. Obama just cut a new ad supporting Fetterman. All of these things are just clearly showing the atmosphere that Democrats will put this guy up no matter what. Even if he can barely get a sentence out, they need that seat. They want it desperately. It's a Republican seat now, but it's going to be up for grabs. Pat Toomey is resigning So that means it's either going to go to the Republican Oz or the Democrat Fetterman. And if they can go to the Democrat Fetterman, it will definitely help the Democrats in a big way as they are trying to keep Senate in their hands. So that's really key. And in fact, millions of dollars have come into the Fetterman campaign. It's like, who's paying this money? You saw the debate. 
Where is the money coming from? Well, a lot of it is over the issue of abortion. And that is totally, they literally pulled out like five seconds of that debate because I don't know if there was more than five seconds they could pull out for an ad, but they pull out five seconds basically where he's talking about abortion, 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 saying it's a, a choice between a woman and her doctor in a conversation that should be held there. Oz said it's between the states, uh, that it shouldn't be the federal government's decision, that it's states should be making the call and then women should talk to their doctors Clearly a difference of opinion in many ways in there. And that's the only phrase that basically they are using in these new ads to promote John Fetterman and have raised millions upon millions of dollars. So, boy, is the next like week and a half going to be a roller coaster? Because some people are saying that Fetterman is the October surprise. The big question is, is there something else that's going to happen between now and Election Day? Because the stakes could not be higher. Well, we are talking, of course, about crime and the big story. And I want to hear your thoughts on this tonight, uh, because it's really sad to hear about this intruder who broke into the home of Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco. It is a horrible story and it's a heartbreaking story. And uh, it's a story clearly of a guy uh, who has a lot of mental problems And this guy goes to the home in San Francisco, early morning hours. It's about uh, 2 o'clock, according to reports. Uh, Breaks in. He comes through through the back door, sliding glass door in the back. Comes in and basically said, where's Nancy, according to reports? Where's Nancy? Um, Then there are other reports uh, that he tied up or was trying to tie up Paul Pelosi and started beating him with a hammer. He had a skull fracture and just got out of surgery a little bit ago, is said to be doing okay after surgery, but he had to go in for emergency surgery. Also has uh, definitely some wounds on his hand, on his right hand and his right arm, apparently, from trying to protect himself from this crazy person who came to the house. And there are reports that when police came into the house, uh, that the guy was saying, I want to keep him here basically until Nancy comes back. And that's according to a couple different media outlets reporting that they got the guy, they tackled him, they disarmed him, thank goodness. So that's the good news. And it's just unbelievable to hear that somebody would show up, first of all, at the home of the Speaker of the House. She wasn't there. She's in Washington, D.C., but her husband was there alone. And what a scary, scary circumstance. Apparently, he got into the bathroom I was just hearing and was able to call 911. And basically, like he said to the guy, I have to go to the bathroom real quick. Um, I'll tell you more about my wife or something like that. He goes into the bathroom. He's able to call 911, according to a couple different reports, and then stays on 911 on the phone and keeps the phone on as this crazy guy's talking to him. And that was able to bring the police right there and basically know what they were dealing with, too, as well. Um, but thank goodness the police responded. Thank goodness he was able to call 911. And thank goodness for the police, too. My goodness. As you hear so many of these crazy people who talk about defunding the police and cutting back on the police, thank God for the police. And thank God for our great 911 operators. Here is San Francisco Police Chief William Scott describing what happened at Nancy Pelosi's house. When the officers arrive on scene... They encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, 
Hall. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup. And then they also describe that they got the guy and what he is facing in terms of charges. Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DePappi were transported to a local hospital for treatment. This is an active investigation currently being led by the San Francisco Police Department Special Investigations Division. We are working closely with our partners from the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. Capitol Police, and our District Attorney here in San Francisco County, uh, D.A. Brooke Jenkins and her team. The motive for this attack is still being determined. Mr. DePepe will be booked at the San Francisco County Jail on the following charges. Attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, burglary, and several, several other additional felonies. Attempted homicide, a whole bunch of other things. Clearly, this guy is a loony kazuni. And yet, MSNBC and others couldn't wait to start tying it to what they say are MAGA extremists. Take a listen. The intruder confronted Mr. Pelosi in their home, shouting, where is Nancy? Where is Nancy? Debbie Dingell, that's what the intruders going through the hallways on January 6th were shouting, Nancy, Nancy. This is part of the January 6th insurrection toxicity that has infected the the brains of people around the country uh, in horrible ways, if this is accurate. So, Andrea, this is part of a pattern. I mean, first of all, my heart goes out to Paul and Nancy, who are good friends, and I'm just to death and praying that Paul is going to be okay. But this is a trend that we've been seeing even pre-January 6th. In Michigan, we saw men with assault weapons at the state capitol. I was on your show that day and you or the day after, and you said, is it okay? And I said, no, it's not, and spelled out why it wasn't. And then it took about five seconds later before they started mentioning Donald Trump. Obviously, uh, awful, awful act, and uh, you can't prejudge who this person is who did it, what the motive is, but I think it's reasonable and necessary to step back and ask the question, what sort of climate of violence has been created in this country? And the answer, and you could play tapes of Donald Trump as candidate and president urging people on uh, in a violent way. That is the most ridiculous thing. As if this guy was led by Donald Trump and as if Donald Trump sort of started this trend of hatred and anything that's negative goes back to Donald Trump. I mean, it's just crazy. It's it's like the guy, remember, who opened fire at the ball field when there was the big practice at Congressional Ball Field. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter and openly a Bernie Sanders supporter. And this guy, I don't even know if they've even said anything that he even liked Trump. He was a, just a conspiracy kooky guy, you know, clearly a deranged man. But did people go out and say it's Bernie Sanders' fault? 
when that shooting happened on the ball field, it absolutely wasn't Bernie Sanders' fault. You know, there wasn't anything that he sort of said that, like, precipitated it. The guy was just a supporter of his. So, to me, this is outrageous. We're going to take your calls on this when we come back. one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to Shopify.com/system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the brutal attack on Nancy Pelosi's 82-year-old husband violently assaulted in his home. Taking your calls on that and also the fact that liberals have right away come out and said, oh, it's the MAGA crowd, it's the Trump crowd, Trump created this climate, uh, as if he is to blame for this deranged man who showed up at Nancy Pelosi's home. And they're tying it to January 6th, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Norman, line three. Norm, your thoughts about this? Yeah, hi, Rita. First, I would like to wish Mr. Pelosi a speedy recovery. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I, I, yeah, absolutely. And, and however, um, I live in Brooklyn in a meager house in Canarsie, and I've got uh, bars on my windows. I have an alarm system, okay? Uh, my sister lives north of San Francisco, and she's got uh, an alarm system, uh, a vicious dog, and, uh, you know, she locks up everything. Uh, I never heard of it. These are multi-multi-millionaires living, I assume, in a very, very upscale neighborhood. And what, uh, the guy just, just slides the door back and walks into their house? Where's their damn security? These are, these are 100 millionaires, for God's sake. So, I, you know, I, I you know, I, uh, by the way, I don't by know the way, where these people are coming from. But you don't blame them because, it, you know, it's not but, their but fault. You know, it's a dangerous city. But I mean, remember, the Democrats, but the Democrats say no crime, Norm. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. San Francisco, no crime. Yes, no, no crime. Um, San Francisco is worse than New York. Okay, and um, you know they're violent. There's drug people living in tents. Um, and, and also, by the by the way, Norm. Also, the other thing, and I will say, it's interesting. I did wonder how could he just get through the sliding door. I don't blame them because right. I don't think right. it's obviously this crazy guy's fault. My goodness. Um, but it is odd that he just got in. The other thing too is that this home is known. A lot of people know where they live. There have been protests. Outside of her house, um, there was one in July of 2020. There was another time, um, New Year's Day 2021, where protesters came. There was another time where they spray painted some, you know, some crazy language on their garage door. So, I mean, they have a history, in other words, of people coming to their house, not necessarily going into their house. I mean, that's a whole other thing. But protesting and getting a little out of hand where they've defaced some of their property, or things. So, in other words, the reason I say that, Norm, you would think, given all this, that
that they would have added even more security because people it's not like it was a secret where she lived. Apparently, there were frequent protests or a number of ones and clearly ones that got a little bit out of hand. Um, and again, I, you know, obviously everybody has a right to live safely. It's clearly this crazy guy's fault, but it is odd that there wasn't sort of extra security. My other thought too was where were like physical bodyguards and, and typically, obviously his wife has the bodyguards, um, the Capitol Hill security and the police. They go with her everywhere. Um, she was in Washington DC though. She was not at home at the time. Um, but still, you would think that there would be some sort of extra security, especially on a high profile house. And what do you just think it's like uh, that they were not aware or what do you what do you mean by that, Norm? I mean that let's uh, let this investigation go forward. I wouldn't be surprised coming out of these two people anything. He's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a very fuzzy human being. I mean, he killed somebody when he was younger. Right. And, uh, I mean, uh, and he's a drunk. He's been arrested for drunk driving. Um, uh, I, we, I don't know what the heck's going on. Okay. Yep, no, there's a lot of questions, no doubt. But, you, you know, listen, it's still obviously not his fault, and we certainly wish him a speedy recovery. But we'll find out more details, guys. We'll continue with your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Las Vegas. Funeral services were held this morning to commemorate the life of Officer Trong Tai, who was killed in the line of duty during a routine traffic stop in Las Vegas recently. One man went to great lengths to honor the fallen officer. John Wadby, a concerned citizen, planned a unique tribute to Officer Ty's funeral procession. Twenty-three thin blue line flags to line the procession route, one for each year Officer Ty served as a Las Vegas officer. One of the flags represented the flag of Vietnam to honor Ty's Vietnamese heritage. Wadby didn't know Ty personally at all. But he said he was inspired by his service and dedication, and he wants the community to be more supportive of the police. John Wabi told the news there in Vegas, the war on our law enforcement officers has got to stop. I am quite frankly tired of burying our officers and our heroes. He said police who saw the flag tribute were noticeably touched by the gesture, by the gesture. He said, I actually had an officer stop his patrol vehicle in the middle of the road and get out and give me a hug and start crying and say, thank you. This means a lot. Wabi also set up a 10 foot by six foot banner in honor of the fallen officer. What a beautiful story. And it just shows how important it is for the community to support our great men and women in blue. By the way, also 77 WABC uh, is doing a big Back the Blue Day. You know, this is the flagship station 
for the Red Apple Media Network and also the show. It's going to be November 3rd. I'm going to be moderating a panel uh, with some top law enforcement officials around New York and around the country and throughout the day on WABC Radio. You can listen on WABCRadio.com. I'll also probably have a whole bunch of highlights on the show next Tuesday because it is our way to say thank you to our great men and women in blue. And, of course, needless to say, Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, when this guy broke into their home, this maniac, he calls 911 and said, police, please come. Thank goodness the officers came apparently immediately. And the guy was still standing there, uh, literally holding a hammer. There's a report that Paul Pelosi was also holding a hammer at the time and that the guy was basically saying, I'm not going to leave until I see Nancy and had already hidden Paul Pelosi had already beaten him, had already hit him and caused some severe damage to his skull, also his arm and to his hand. And thank goodness the officers tackled him. The guy is now behind bars. And yet, as we're talking about, many people in the liberal media and liberal politicians are just pointing the fingers and basically saying, you know what, take a look at uh, Trump or take a look at January 6th. Take a look at all these things that built up to this moment as if that is responsible for this moment of this crazy guy who's clearly a conspiracy kooky guy. If you look at his like some of the social media and some of the background, he's clearly a Fruit Loop. And obviously these people are obviously nuts. They got to be nuts if they're doing what they're doing. And this is a case in point where we've talked about even the attacks that have happened in so many big cities around the country. There was a recent one in L.A., remember, where somebody was just walking down the street. Somebody was stabbed randomly when they were walking down the street. The guy had a mental issue. The case also in New York, remember the guy who stabbed the EMT worker in broad daylight? That guy was clearly had a mental problem. These are big issues, and this is why we got to lock up people, I firmly believe, who have a propensity for violence, who have a mental history that could do harm to themselves and to other people. It's time to get tough. And that is why I think Democratic politicians need to realize it's not just a perception. It is clearly a reality. But listen to what Vice President Harris had to say. After this happened, she basically talked about division and hate. But I didn't hear any self-reflection. This is the woman who was bailing out the looters and the rioters in the summer of love of 2020 when they were beating officers down, remember, on the streets of America? And listen to what she had today today to say, essentially, after this terrible attack on Paul Pelosi. Today, the GDP results came out in the economy. And we're getting that in there for a second. We'll get it for you in a moment here, guys. But basically... She basically says, you have to listen to your words. You have to understand what words mean. And uh, and here we have it. Uh, this is the vice president after that terrible attack again today on Nancy Pelosi's husband. I did talk with Speaker Pelosi this morning. And, um, I mean, this was an act of extreme violence. And I think we're looking at a, at a time in our country where there is so much discourse that is fueled by hate and division. And anyone who professes to be a leader, I think, has to really understand the, the, the meaning and the, and the impact of their words and their posture on things like this. So what about the actions 
Here she is. She's the vice president of the United States. And when she was running for president, she was supporting the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And then remember, whenever there has been racial issues or whatever, she has come right out. Even if there isn't a racial issue, she's come out and said, it's race, 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 race. How is that not creating division in this country? I never saw her condemn Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters is the woman who was like, you get in their face, you go after them, you do this. She's never come out and condemned it. What about the threats against Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice, who had a guy show up outside his home, another loony kazuni, who showed up outside his home and was planning to kill him, showed up literally outside his house. He walked by the U.S. Marshals, who, were, thank goodness, were stationed there, and he basically said, yeah, I'm going up to kill him or whatever. I mean, thank goodness he was crazy enough to say that. But in his backpack, they found definitely duct tape, they found guns, they found knives, they found all this stuff. This guy was clearly a loony kazuni who was planning on bad, bad things. And yet, we never heard anything from the president or the vice president or the attorney general of the United States, Merrick Garland, for that matter. They never said anything. And that, to me, is disgusting. And I am all for no violence, left and right. I don't care where it is. I don't want to see it in any shape or form. But be consistent. And the fact that they are picking and choosing. And now, because there's an attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, which 1,000% should be condemned. And I'm happy to see. I saw Ted Cruz put out a statement today. Mitch McConnell put out a statement today condemning how horrible this attack is. 1,000%. That needs to be done. But things are just so nutty and things are so tense in America. And people are so polarized that we at least have to also be honest with ourselves and also... The Democrats need to be honest with themselves and be able to say, you know what, violence of all kinds will not be tolerated. And if anybody says anything that could be provoking violence, they need to call them out. It shouldn't just be because they think the person is a Republican that now suddenly you can condemn it and it's crickets when it's a Democrat. I mean, that is outrageous. How is that not feeding and fueling into this environment and creating more and more division? Take a listen. This is Mary McCord. She's a former acting assistant attorney general. She was on MSNBC, and she couldn't wait to compare this loony kazuni to January 6th. The FBI is involved and attacks even on family members of members of Congress violate federal law when it's when it's done with the intent to impede or intimidate the work of the member of Congress or in retaliation for something the member of Congress has done. And even though there's much, much more work to be done in this investigation, we do have the indications uh, in the earlier segment that you were uh, that we were discussing of this particular assailant asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Nancy echoing the very same things that the January 6th attackers were were doing and that he potentially wanted to tie up Mr. Pelosi until uh, the speaker returned home. And take a listen. Uh, This is Dean Obadiah. I believe he is a talk show host and he's interviewing Governor Hochul of New York. And listen to what they talk about after this terrible attack. Guy was yelling, you know, where's Nancy and the social media post. He was talking about the January 6th lies about the election, COVID lies and that. Just what's your reaction to this attack? It is bone chilling to think that there are people out there that have been so radicalized. Uh, the election deniers where it started with 
Donald Trump and my opponent, Lee Zeldin, was one of the people that was text messaging the White House on how to orchestrate the strategy. And then to have that manifest itself in a, an assault on our nation's capital physically, but also also an assault on our democracy and have those people still, you know, so, you know, rabid about this, that they would actually go harm another human being. I just want to say that is disgusting. The fact that I just heard her say, I want to actually play that again. My jaw dropped. Somehow this attack on Paul Pelosi, which is horrible and should be condemned. It's disgusting. And they should throw the book at this guy. Somehow Governor Kathy Hochul, and she's on with this host from Sirius Progressive Channel, right? Radio host. She's talking to him. She somehow blames Trump and then ties Lee Zeldin, her opponent, to Trump again. That's what she did all the debate. The whole debate was guns, 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 Trump, Trump, Trump. And then you heard Lee Zeldin say, what about crime? What about the economy? What about issues that affect everybody every single day? But she has been on this try to do anything she can to smear Lee Zeldin to Trump. And somehow she just actually basically tied Lee Zeldin somehow to the attacker of Paul Pelosi. And could it be that maybe because the race is tightening and now it's basically a clear toss up and there's been a few polls where he's leading. And this another one that just came out a little bit ago, the Emerson poll. She's ahead by but is like slim, slim margin independence leaning towards Zeldin. So now she is going to basically say the attacker, Paul Pelosi, was inspired by the likes of Trump and Lee Zeldin. This is disgusting. Listen again. Guy was yelling, you know, where's Nancy? And the social media post, he was talking about the January 6th lies about the election, COVID lies and that. Just what's your reaction to this attack? It is bone chilling to think that there are people out there that have been so radicalized. Uh, the election deniers where it started with Donald Trump and my opponent, Lee Zeldin, was one of the people that was text messaging the White House on how to orchestrate the strategy. And then to have that manifest itself in a, an assault on our nation's capital physically, but also also an assault on our democracy and have those people still you know, so you know, rabid about this that they would actually go harm another human being. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Disgusting. Uh, let's go to Teddy on line five. Teddy, go ahead. Yeah. Hi, uh, Ted. How are you? Okay. Nice nice speaking to you. It's about, you know, it's been a long time since I've been able to get through. I know Norm gets through every day. It's unbelievable. Uh, but let me ask you this, Rita. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? But anyway, go ahead, T. Uh, Rita, for, in a respectful manner, when... The demonstrator was in front of Judge Kavanaugh's house. You unrelentedly kept going and saying, where are the Democrats condemning this action? And I agree with you. It should be condemned. That's that's why I teach math. And one of the big topics in algebra was this topic of equations, where you have to balance the left side with the right side. Otherwise, it's not an equation anymore. It's not equal. And I was waiting for you. And you did, but you did it in a sly manner where you you didn't say every Republican. Where are the Republicans? Then you brought up Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz. But what you should have said, and this is my point of view, what you should have said is, where are the Republicans condemning this? Because
course, I'm 99% sure, unlike Norm, how you doing, Rita? Unlike Norm, who feels that they don't know it was a MAGA Republican, but I'm for... 99% sure that it was from the Republican side who is radicalized by the Trump entourage and the deniers. All right, the so Ted. Deniers. All right, so Ted. That's I, what I, I have to say. Hang and on. Now you can hang, respond. hang on. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. Very nice of you to allow me to respond on my show. But anyway, Ted. So first off, if you're a mathematician, one plus one equals two, right? Okay. So if you if you're sitting there saying equal, um. First of all, you clearly are coming in that this is you believe that what like that this is some um, all of this is tied to Trump. I mean, it sounds to me like like you're agreeing with what some of these other people were saying. I was playing them almost facetiously because I thought it was so outrageous what they said. And two, all I, I haven't heard anybody who has said this was a good thing. And that's Republican or Democrat, which I'm happy because it's disgusting what happened to Paul Pelosi. As soon as I heard it, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank goodness he's alive. Throw the book at this criminal. This is horrible. What happened to this, you know, to Paul Pelosi suddenly invaded in his home. Um, and I have not seen anybody on the Republican side who's been asked about it stay silent. And I've seen many of them voluntarily putting out statements immediately um, saying how horrible and disgusting it was. It wasn't just Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell. I was just giving an example. Uh, I'd spend five hours listing them all because everybody has uniformly come out and said it. And, Ted, the only thing I really wish I would like to see, the old summer of love, and I bring this up because the hypocrisy is disgusting. So where are the Democrats that are not – none of them have condemned the riots that were happening – you know, at least the prominent ones never did. I mean, you and I, I, I remember one time when you called a while ago, I played Maxine Waters and her comment of you go out there, you get in their face, you do this, you do that. Where are the people condemning that rhetoric? How is that not inflaming somebody? I mean, this hypocrisy has to stop because everybody, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, everybody deserves to be safe. And people who are loony and crazy, whether they're right or left, throw the book at them. But it has to be uniform and it has to be fair. And for some reason, you know, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying there are many people on the other side. We had the vice president of the United States paying for bailing out the protesters who were beating cops on the head. That to me is shameful, Teddy. Okay, I agree with you totally. I would condemn violence on either, wherever it comes from. And Maxine Borders' behavior is is deplorable. I agree with you. And one final thing. My colleagues at the at City University, I know that you referred to Kinziger and Cheney as rhinos, Republican in name only. They have adopted a new name for you, I-I-N-O, independent in name only, because David from Riverdale is correct. You are a Republican. Well, you know what, Teddy, 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 in name only. Teddy, Teddy, I'm an independent, and you obviously are so far to the left that you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, because you are on such, you know, you are like on this like diehard mission. For some reason, you don't like people who are independent. You don't like people who speak their mind. And that's, I'm glad you're teaching math, because if you were teaching civics, boy, would America be in trouble. But good luck, Ted. Thanks for the call. We'll continue with your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. 
just played the best music on Friday. You know, I must be so happy after Ted, the mathematician. Let's let's play this song. Let's make a little bit of a dedication to Ted. Because he just warmed my heart so. I think Ted was hiding love for me. That's what now I've resolved it all with all of you. By the way, you'll definitely have to tune in because I'm sure Ted, the mathematician, thank God, right? Not a civics teacher or another profession, right? But anyway, Ted and his warm heart will probably make our readers ringers, I think, next week. But for you, I love all your calls. And I love calls on all sides, by the way, um, because that's what makes America great. And I love hearing from all of you. And here is this week's edition of some of our favorite songs, favorite, I'm wrapped up in the song in Ted, favorite calls. Here is Rita's Ringers. I miss your shows. I'm hurt. When I don't hear from you, I'm hurting too, Phil. Rita, always a pleasure. And every time I talk to you, I just feel good. If you were a betting girl, which you may be. Sid, I bet every day I put you on the show. Hi, Rita. Okay, two quick things. Um, the gentleman that called before said uh, that he didn't know too much about Zelda. Well, he, he didn't really have a track record. It's kind of like sports. You know, the college guys, they try their heart out because they want to make it to the pros. She just seemed like she was really stoned out. But that's another thing. You can't knock the weed, okay? Weed is out there. However, Hoka looked like a ventriloquist when she speaks. I didn't see her teeth open. I, she like, spoke through her mouth like Richard Hirsch, eh? Like James Cagney in a way. I was like, whoa. The one clinger is when they asked her what she thought about Biden. If you're in your right mind, if she said Biden is doing a good job, I, I that's why. I said, oh boy. You know, hi Rita, if there ever was a real life Cruella lookalike, Kathy Hochul wins the Oscar. But if New York ever gets, I think it will, Zeldenized, I'll go back for a visit after nearly 10 years just to eat a New York Empire dog at Times Square. But New York has now become a mafia city with crime being normalized by the powers that be. So here's all I got to say. Let's Zeldenize New York and make it, uh, you know, a welcome place for tourists. Hey, Rhea, the, the bottom line here was uh, Hochul basically was a cure for insomnia. She, she basically put you to sleep. It was all slogans. There were very few specifics. The types of scandals that she's been involved with, whether you're talking about her husband in Delaware North, the, the stadium that's being constructed up there, all these issues are just one thing after another after another, supply issues. They all sound like something, you know, that, that you'd hear in a third world government. And she didn't really answer any of those topics. You know, these are real issues that are specifically dealing with billions of dollars uh, in, in, in issues, and she's never really specific, whereas Lee Zeldin had specific. Lee acted like a leader. Hopeful was basically horrible. Rita's Ringers. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how so many people have been condemning this attack on Paul Pelosi. Uh, continue with your call. See if you make, by the way, Rita's Ringers next week. You just heard Teddy, who was either a mathematician or a mortician. He was deadly either way. Very painful either way. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot more of this when we come back. What do you make of the fact That Democrats are so quick to suddenly somehow tie President Trump to this loony guy, yet they're not saying anything about the riots that took place? It's the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. I'm just a pop dude smelling sweet. 
Unfortunately, so many cases of crime happening around the country, and that is why I do think uh, Republicans are seeing a surge and it looks like a red wave is coming in Congress because people are just fed up. And many of the Democrats just appear to be tone deaf. By the way, uh, case in point, in just the last week or so, an 80-year-old man was clocked, another guy randomly stabbed, and a 15-year-old girl pummeled in the New York City subway system just this week. I also brought up the case of a 78-year-old guy who was attacked after he asked another passenger to turn the music down. And suddenly the guy started beating up on him. And it just came out recently um, in the New York Post that the former New York City Transit president, Sarah Feinberg, was randomly assaulted near a subway stop in New York City. Feinberg, uh, again, was quite well known, you know, was the transit president before. And she had appealed for more cops assigned to the subways. And she was apparently sucker punched about a week ago. It comes out just now uh, on the corner of West 21st Street and 6th Avenue, busy area there in New York City. Wow. I mean, it's like nobody is safe. And now we're talking about this horrible case, too, that happened of Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, 82-year-old guy, violently assaulted in his own home in San Francisco. And some details have been coming out. As of late, um, in the last few hours, John Miller on CNN was talking about how Pelosi, thank goodness, apparently was able to sneak away just briefly from his attacker. He claimed he had to go to the bathroom, and he was able to apparently call police and get help. Thank goodness. Take a listen to how authorities were alerted. Mr. Pelosi can tell this guy's unhinged. This is going bad. So somehow he gets on his cell phone and dials 911 surreptitiously, and he leaves that line open. It may be in his pocket, maybe on the table. But at that point, Heather Grimes, an emergency dispatcher at San Francisco police, get, this happens all the time. You get a call, there's no voice on the other end of it. Hello, hello, 911, what's your emergency? And sometimes you disconnect. But she's sensing something. There's a conversation going on in the background. She's sensing something isn't right. So she listens in, turns up the volume, and Paul Pelosi is basically trying to tell her in code what's going on. Why are you here? What are you going to do to me? I mean, you can imagine how he's trying to not let the the, the attacker know that 911 is listening. Thank goodness he was able to alert authorities. And again, authorities were able to get this guy clearly had a whole bunch of mental history, known as sort of a conspiracy theorist. He lived in the Berkeley area there of California, 42-year-old guy who is now, thank goodness, behind bars, facing a slew of charges. And in just a few hours, Paul Pelosi got out of surgery. Uh, He underwent surgery for a skull fracture and also injuries um, to his arm and to his hand. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with him and also Nancy Pelosi, their whole family, because it's just so horrible to hear what has happened. And universally, despite what our caller Teddy said in the last hour, if you were listening, but universally, everybody on all sides has come out and condemned many, many staunch conservatives, including Tommy Laren on Fox. Take a listen. This is horrific. No matter what your politics are, no matter how you feel about the Pelosi family, anybody that's attacked, especially an elderly man in their home, 
horrific. And I think everybody will be smart to first condemn anything like that that would happen. And here is also Texas Congressman Mike McCall also commenting right after the attack. First of all, my prayers are with uh, the speaker and Paul Pelosi. Uh, This should never happen in this country. Uh, This is a time we do come together in a bipartisan fashion. An attack on any members, an attack on all. And um, it is, uh, you know, the threat level has gone up. And the threat level definitely has gone up. And in fact, um, we just heard a couple hours ago that they are definitely making sure that at polling stations, at least in New York City, for example, there's 1,100 polling stations that are going to be there on November 8th. And there will be at least one or two officers at every single polling station because they were worried about some sort of issue happening at polling stations tied to political violence. And even just a few hours before this attack went out, there was a bulletin that was sent out uh, by DHS uh, to a number of different people saying, essentially, be on the lookout because, you know, things are getting tense in America. There's such partisanship, sadly, in America. And just be careful for maybe increased partisan attacks and political attacks and, you know, just troubling with crime and everything else. So sadly, this happened to Paul Pelosi and it is despicable. And yet the Democrats who didn't say anything when a lot of these attacks were happening and their streets were burning and police stations were burning in the summer of 2020 didn't say anything when there were protests and even a death threat, a physical threat where a guy shows up outside the house of Brett Kavanaugh. No, they didn't say anything then. Uh, and I'm glad they're saying something today because it's terrible what happened to Pelosi, but they should be saying stuff all the time. And yet Senator Tammy Baldwin, for example, she was on CNN. And again, it's like they have their little talking points. You can even see it during the debate. Almost every single Democrat who has debated, at least in the last two or three weeks, has said the same kind of line. You see it. It's election denier, Trump. It's like, here are the three or four key words that we want you to say 10,000 times in your debate, no matter who you're up against. We saw it in the Kathy Hochul debate. You could even see it with the Fetterman, even though he was having trouble getting his words out. But every now and then he got some of those in, you know, and we're going to see it with probably every single other one. Gretchen Whitmer was also using that in, in the race in Michigan against Tudor Dixon. And so it's like they had their lines. And clearly today, it looks like they got their lines as well, because it's like every single one of them about this is basically saying it's all tied to January 6th. It's all tied to President Trump. I mean, as opposed to just saying this is horrible what happened. Violence should not be tolerated. But no, they are using it for political gain. And it's disgusting. Here is Senator Tammy Baldwin. Even before uh, January 6th, we have seen uh, very Uh, ugly uh, rhetoric um, that uh, appears to incite violence. And um, we have obviously seen political violence as we did on January 6th. Um, It's a dangerous time. And I think that um, we need to see uh, leaders uh, act responsibly with regard to their uh, rhetoric. And uh, it it is a a very concerning time when uh, you hear basically characterizations of anyone who identifies with a political party uh, that is more than a difference of how we solve challenges, how we respond to uh, agreed upon challenges that America faces. 
So, Tammy Baldwin, where were you when our streets were burning in 2020? Where were you when Maxine Waters was saying, get in their faces? Where were you during those times? Nowhere. And that's the really sad thing. And in fact, just a little bit ago, President Biden, who is in Pennsylvania campaigning, trying to save Fetterman after that abysmal debate performance, and he took it upon himself to make a statement as well. Take a listen to the president just a little bit ago trying to save Fetterman and attacking, again, Republicans. Take a listen. It's reports that the same chant was used by this guy, by the have in custody, that was used on January 6th in the attacks on the U.S. Capitol. I'm not making this up. This is reported. I can't guarantee it. I can tell you what's being reported. The chant was, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? This is despicable. There's no place in America. There's too much violence, political violence, too much hatred, too much vitriol. And what makes us think that one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, there's all a bunch of lies, and it not affect people who may not be so well balanced. What makes us think that it's not going to corrode the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. Every person of good conscience needs to clearly and unambiguously stand up against the violence in our politics, regardless what your politics are. Right. From the president who not that long ago said MAGA Republicans are, quote, a threat to the democracy. In other words, they don't deserve to be on this earth. You know, they they don't deserve to be here. This is like the great uniter in chief. I agree with what he just said, that there should not be any violence tolerated. But where was that speech when Kavanaugh had an assassin show up at his house? Where was that speech when people were burning police stations in Minneapolis and everywhere else? Where was that speech? When Republicans were being attacked, it was nowhere. And so everything is tied to January 6th. It's like January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. If the guy was born on January 6th, somehow they would say it's a January 6th. You know, it's like, I'm telling you, it is so crazy. And it is so over the top. I'm glad to see he's angry because I'm angry, too, that Paul Pelosi was attacked in his home. It's outrageous. But I'm angry today, and I'm also angry when my streets in America are burning in the summer of 2020. And I'm angry when a guy comes loaded for bear to kill one of the Supreme Court justices. I'm angry then, too. It's horrible, and it does need to stop. And these politics and these phony politics, especially from people like the president and others, where they, like, now he's angry. And, boy, he was furious. That's one of the most revved up I've heard him in a long time. Half the time, you wonder if he's awake. I mean, that time, he was definitely awake. He was fired up, and I'm happy to see it. But why wasn't he fired up over Brett Kavanaugh? Why wasn't he fired up when it's a conservative? That is so disgusting, and it's so disingenuous. And here is Caitlyn Jenner talking about the role that this president has played on division in this country. Remember, he rode as somebody who would unify the party, bring everybody together. Does that look like he's doing that? Biden, truly, he has done nothing to tone down the rhetoric and unite this nation. 
violence of our, in our nation is everywhere and it's at record levels. This is truly, he's become kind of the divider in chief. Yeah, he's become the divider in chief as opposed to the uniter or commander in chief for that matter too. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark on line eight. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, hey, Rita. Uh, great talking to you again. I love the way you put Teddy in his place. You know, uh, he just goes like wild. And I'm glad uh, between him and and your buddy Stan, I, I call him the, the male Yenta millionaire from uh, Forest Hills. They just have Trump derangement syndrome that's so out of control. Everything starts and ends with Trump. And and to compare this to, to although, although I, I, I do want to defend, can I, before we go forward, Stan, there's something kind of lovable about Stan. He's like maybe like a, a prickly cactus, but you kind of still like enjoy having the plant around, right? But mm, on the other, no, but, I, but Teddy is like sucking on lemons, you know? That's what he does. Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah. he does to like sweeten his life, you know? <laughs> I mean. That guy, I, did you hear what I said? I said, I said, thank God you're a mathematician. Cause if he was teaching like, uh, civics, I would tell everybody, get out of that class, run, run. Exactly. It's but not social skills. <laughs> they have no, that they never talk about the summer of love where the real violence was every city burning and everything. January 6th, as bad as it was, they didn't shoot anybody. They didn't burn anything down. It was horrible. But, you know, there's no perspective and putting things into context at all, Rhea. Well, and that's where I have a problem, Mark. I don't like, obviously, any violence. And I don't like, you know, um, even even I don't like when I've seen images of like an officer being pushed or shoved or any. I, I hate that. I hate it. Um, but but just like you said, it's it is the perspective and it's the double standard and the hypocrisy. And to just hear what what I just played, because I heard it for the first time myself. Um, to hear Biden making those comments all fired up and roused up. Um, you know, it's like the only time he seems to be roused up is when he can trash President Trump. That's like the only time he seems to have a pulse. And the rest of the time, you know, he's like hiding in the basement or doesn't say anything or avoids the press. But it's like any time he can somehow try to link something even if it's, you know, what is it? The, the, uh, the six steps of Kevin Bacon. What is it? This could be like, what is it? The six degrees, right? I think six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Even if it's like 80 degrees, somehow he'll find out that, uh, the guy, you know, uh, had, uh, you know, uh, uh was trumped up on Trump char, on Trump charges, you know, trumped up on charges. Oh, it's gotta be tied to January 6th. You know what I mean? It's like, I- I'm telling you, it's like they wake up and think, God, how can I tie this to Trump? And that's it's just so transparent. And how can I try it, tie it to January 6th? Like for them to take this leap and basically say it's the rhetoric of January 6th, like they are just trying to, like, do anything because they are dying in the polls. That's what's happening, Mark. I mean, you we're seeing it right now. You're seeing all the polls are showing consistently that in many races, you know, where before, like, I mean, New York's a great example you know, Lee Zeldin was quite a far behind. I mean, at one point he was like, you know, it was like 20 points behind. I mean, a huge distance. And now he has gained ground in a big way. And a lot of it is law and order. It's all law and order. It's clean up the streets. Let's be fair to everybody. My goodness, you think of Lee Zeldin? 
He had that guy who tried to attack him on the stage. Remember the guy who attacked him not that long ago? He experienced crime firsthand. And then he couldn't even get an answer out of Kathy Hochul the other day. I actually, and I've said this, and I've interviewed Kathy Hochul on the show. You guys know it. I've interviewed her here. And I've interviewed Lee Zeldin, in fact, just the other day. And I was actually astounded that Kathy Hochul couldn't come up with a better answer because he kept saying, you know, uh, what about this? What about this? Even if she hasn't been doing much to fix crime, I thought she'd come up with some crazy political answer and she couldn't even come up with a, a crazy roundabout circle back socky type answer. You know, it was just, uh, 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 why do you care? And, and it's that hypocrisy that is just so disgusting that we need to condemn it on all sides, um, because good people have to stand up. And that's why it's so important, Mark, get out to vote. And vote for candidates who care about law and order. That is the most important thing. Mark, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Sunshine Band here. Here we go. Don't you love Friday nights? We can loosen up a little bit because, boy, the news is so serious, especially this horrible attack on Paul Pelosi. And there we have Biden that we just played the statement a little bit ago, screaming at the top of his lungs, furious, tying it all to the rhetoric at January 6th, as if it's all tied to January 6th. Anything he could do, because the election is right around the corner. And yet many people say Biden is partially to blame for the divisions in this country. Take a listen. You know, the president promised to bring down the tenor of political discourse in this country. That hasn't happened. People are more divided. Uh, there are people who see words as violence, and there are people who it's very easy for them to cross the line and commit acts of violence like this because they are moved by their politics. When you combine that kind of rage, that sort of systemic cultural rage that we have right now that, that hasn't calmed down with untreated mental illness, that's when you have things like this happen. And for anyone, whether it's a Supreme Court justice, the Speaker of the House, or anyone who holds visible elective office, it's a really scary time. It is indeed a very scary time. And it's so troubling when you sit and you look at this trend and the fact that, at least in this case here, the Democrats right away are like, oh, it's tied to January 6th. It's those same terrible people of January 6th. This is clearly a mentally deranged person. And this is clearly a nutty guy. And he should never have been out. I bet you when we find out his background, we'll find out that there was obviously issues in his background. He never should have been, you know, he should have been locked up. And I hope he pays a dear price. But to play politics, that's disgusting. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we honor the military 
and their families. A beautiful story coming from beautiful Eureka, California. Jack Venema was honored today as a Humboldt hero for his service to the country as a specialist for in the U.S. Army, and it happened during a ceremony today. He graduated from a local high school there, and he was immediately drafted into the Army. His first assignment was to complete basic training at Fort Lewis, Washington. Then he went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, for advanced infantry training and the use of howitzer guns. Shortly after his training at Fort Sill, he was sent to Vietnam, where he served honorably for 15 months. While he was there, he was a radio operator in a tactical operations center artillery. His next duty was a radio operator at a fire support base with the legendary Big Red One Division in the jungles outside of Saigon. He also served as a courier with the 24th Corps Artillery at Camp Horn in Da Nang, Vietnam, where he was a personal driver for a full for full bird colonel. The uh, Venema served uh, and received several medals for his time in Vietnam, achieving the rank of Specialist Four, and he had three very, very close calls on his life while he was in the jungle there. He said he is thankful to be alive, but he was so honored to serve his country. He moved after that to Alaska, where he served as a police officer for 11 years, and then later moved back to Eureka, where he is now a billiards player, apparently a pretty good one, and also a motorcycle enthusiast. Um, he also said he was so happy to serve his country with honor and courage and said he would do it all over again without hesitation. How beautiful that he was honored today for his great service to our country. Well, we are talking about this terrible attack that happened on Nancy Pelosi's husband, a break-in of their home, and lots of people reacting to it today, and lots of Democrats coming out and using this and saying that this guy was tied to January 6th, he's got to be a Trumper. I mean, to me, it's disgusting, and it's a desperate attempt by a party that is worried that they are going to lose big time in the midterms. Take a listen to this progressive, serious radio host talking to Governor Kathy Hochul of New York, and they both take this incredible leap where she ties this loony who broke in at the home to Trump and then to her challenger, Republican Lee Zeldin, who, by the way, has tightened the race with her after she had what I thought was not such a great debate. Guy was yelling, you know, where's Nancy? And the social media post, he was talking about the January 6th lies about the election, COVID lies and that. Just what's your reaction to this attack? It is bone chilling to think that there are people out there that have been so radicalized. Uh, the election deniers where it started with Donald Trump and my opponent Lee Zeldin was one of the people that was text messaging the White House on how to orchestrate the strategy. And then to have that manifest itself in a, an assault on our nation's capital physically, but also, also an assault on our democracy and have those people still, you know, so, you know, rabid about this that they would actually go harm another human being. Wow. So she is somehow tying Lee Zeldin to this crazy guy who broke into the Pelosi's home. I mean, that is outrageous. What a leap. And again, she couldn't even get it, the words out during the debate that 
Hardcore criminals or repeat offenders should be locked up and pay a significant price behind bars, and that soft on crime DA's got to go. She couldn't say either of those things, and yet somehow it's really easy for her to somehow jump to the leap of of January 6th and Trump and Lee Zeldin with this guy, Looney, who broke into the House. Well, President Biden, of course, the guy who, like, doesn't say anything about crime, doesn't say anything barely about the economy. Remember, everything's fine. No problem. We're doing great. Well, tonight he was all fired up on this attack, and he also used the same kind of ridiculous, double standard, inflammatory rhetoric. Here's the president just a little bit ago. It's reports that the same chant was used by this guy they have in custody that was used on January 6th in the attacks on the U.S. Capitol. I'm not making this up. This is reported. I can't guarantee it. I can tell you what's being reported. The chant was, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? This is despicable. There's no place in America. There's too much violence, political violence, too much hatred, too much vitriol. And what makes us think that one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, there's all a bunch of lies, and it not affect people who may not be so well balanced? What makes us think that it's not going to corrode the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. Every person of good conscience needs to clearly and unambiguously stand up against the violence in our politics, regardless what your politics are. So I hope that he called Hillary Clinton, who says that the election was illegitimate. I hope that he called Stacey Abrams, who still thinks that she won the governorship before. And, of course, she's running again against Kemp now, but she still said she's never conceded because she said it was stolen from her. So is he calling them and condemning them? I mean, the hypocrisy is so disgusting from a guy who gave probably the most divisive speech I have ever heard an American president say, saying that, you know, you're a threat to democracy if you are a MAGA Republican. And for him to not think that his language in some way contributes to it. If he said everybody needs to calm down, Democrats, Republicans, blah, 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 at least say, hey, that's good. At least he's calling everybody out. He's not doing that. Here is Ted Williams talking a little bit ago on Fox about the climate that's happening in America, that this president really has only just lit the fuse in many ways. We live in what we define as the United States of America, but we are not that united. Uh, There was a time that if you had a beef with someone, you would uh, use your fists or you would have a fight with them. Now it's that we have to kill them. If you look most recently at Justice Kavanaugh's home, uh, there was a man found with a gun. Or if you listen to Judge Samuel Leto, because of the leak of the Roe versus Wade decision, that he felt that uh, the Supreme Court justices were, in fact, targets. Or you, you, you can just name a potpourri of so many things, unfortunately, that has led to violence in our country uh, because of the rhetoric that goes on. The rhetoric that goes on, and this president does 
nothing about it, but just is slamming anybody tied to President Trump, anything he could do to tie President Trump January 6th. It's like focus on the issues, focus on economy, focus on locking up bad people. Why is that so hard to say? For some reason, it seems to be hard to say for these Democrats. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Jacqueline, line eight. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, it's funny that this should come out because I was texting with Norman earlier this evening about a quarter to nine. And if you will afford me the luxury, I want to read you this text that I sent to him. Um, I said, they'll, it'll give it a few days. They'll be putting the spin on it to save their sorry tuchuses uh, in the midterms by saying it was the conservatives, the Republicans, and President Trump will somehow be blamed for it, like they usually do. They'll make it out to be January 6th all over again. Yeah, and look, you were right. Boy, were you right. I mean, how sad is that, Jacqueline, that it's like anything they can do to sort of say, oh, look, we told you they're a threat to democracy. You have to keep us in power uh, because look how great we are. Uh, you know, we haven't had any problems except the whole like 90 percent of America was burning went under their rule and they didn't say anything. I mean, come on. It is so transparent, Jacqueline, the hypocrisy. And and I think, listen, my first reaction when I heard what happened to Paul Pelosi was, oh, how how terrible, you know, whoever did it. Uh, I hope they catch the guy. I was happy that they caught him. I was happy also, most importantly, that Paul Pelosi, it seems like he's going to make a full recovery from what we've heard from reports. Thank goodness. Um, but this shouldn't be a partisan issue. Good people need to stand together. But when I hear this president who sits there and just smears and just slams um, President Trump and anybody who believes in Trump, and it's like you, you have a, like leprosy if you do, um, it, it's so unbelievably divisive. And then we have a vice president who everything is tied to race. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if a highway is the wrong way, it's a racist highway. If a tree is bent the wrong way, it's a racist tree. You know, I mean, it's like it's like, how does that not fuel the flames of division in this country? And and to me, it's really sad. And, and leadership starts from the top. And this is a president who claimed that he was going to run as uniter in chief. And yet he has done exactly the opposite. And it's clear, you know, Jacqueline, it's really interesting because these attacks and these sort of blame everything on Trump really stepped up, I'd say a few weeks ago, especially. They really stepped up because guess what? The midterm elections were coming up and the races were starting to tighten. And they were like, we got to do anything we can right now. And the fact that they're not, you know, not paying attention to key issues and I think of a key issue as, you know, crime and as economy, inflation, so many of those issues. They're not even paying attention. And the whole focus is Trump, 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 election denier, um, you know, guns, guns, guns is the solution. Uh, getting every, you know, nothing about criminals and bad guys or soft on crime DAs or any. There's there is no sense of responsibility. President Biden still doesn't claim any responsibility for gas prices or the fact that we're no longer energy independent and that it looks like Europe is going to have a cold winter. I was with a European leader the other day and we were talking and she was like, we are so worried of what's going to happen in all of Europe. You know, and I said, well, honestly, what do you think of Biden's policies off the record? Yeah. They're worried. They're very worried. They said, you know, we have no backup supply because, you know, if they can't rely 
on Russian oil, which they don't want to rely on Russian oil. So where do they go? They, you know, these, all these like European countries that were all reliant now are trying to find alternatives, right? And then Biden cut them off and he's not claiming any responsibility, but he's not talking about that. All he's talking about is January 6th. And, and that to me is such a disservice to America. Jacqueline, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Eric, line seven. Aaron, Eric, your thoughts. Uh, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, my God, I do. Absolutely. I haven't heard you that know, in a they're while. Desperate, <laughs> they're desperately afraid of Trump, and they're going to do anything they can. You know, maybe maybe this will bring some attention on to how badly run her district is. Every every other person, every five feet, there's a crazy like this in her district. I know. Every San Francisco's nuttos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're desperate, and, and they're going to do anything they can. And, uh you know, I, I, I no one will wish this on anybody. But you know, uh, a camerister, a Rubio camerister, was beaten viciously the other night. And this is the this reminds me of the Rand Paul thing. This is exactly what happened to Rand Paul, pretty much. The guy was jumped in his house. You know, you know, they, Eric, they you bring up it, you, you know? bring up a great point. Um, and those are two other instances where yeah, we didn't yeah. hear them say anything. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the mm-hmm. the the Rubio staffer was beaten horribly. I mean, you see the pictures yeah. of him lying in the hospital, beaten horribly. Like yes, yes. And and yet, where was Nancy Pelosi or all the other Democrats condemning that? That was horrible. That was yeah, so horrible. They attacked attack Pelosi's house to, to, to finally say something, you know, after yeah. all this time. How sad like, is that? How sad? And listen, yeah, of course, so we sad. want we want everybody to be safe and, and not to be harmed. But, you know, maybe 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 her and her husband will realize how important the police are. And the word defund the yeah, police will hopefully really. never come out of her mouth again. You know, if there's any yeah, good news out sure. of this, you know, and, and the good news is also most importantly that the husband, um, is going to be okay. Thank goodness from what we're hearing. Eric, thank you very much. Let's go to Denise, line five. Denise, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Rita, this is when I hear Hogel talk and she says this is chilling. I have news for you. This is more than chilling. This is this is downright dirty politics. They are so threatened, the Democrats, that the midterms are coming up and they know the position that they're in, that they're going to grasp onto anything. They're not concerned about Mr. Pelosi. They're not concerned about the crime that is happening in this country. And somebody pumped Biden up tonight for him to get up and say what he had to say, which has nothing to do with the the double standards that they have and he has as far as dividing this country. I mean, this is, as I said, downright dirty politics. No matter what happens, it's Trump. It now it's Zeldin. They're going to bring him into it too. Yeah, it's like any right. You know, we're going to. I mean, what happens to all the other people? What are we going to have? January sixth, a national holiday someday? I mean, this is off the charts wrong. And I am encouraging everyone because I'm very angry also. I have to tell you the truth. The double standard here, the lack of concern for what happened today, I mean, all they are focusing on is January 6th, Trump, Trump, Trump. Now they're bringing Zeldin into it too? No, I'm sorry. Enough is enough. It's time to unite, to stand up for what we stand for, constitutionally-wise, and to get out and vote and tell them exactly how we feel. This doesn't cut it. It really doesn't cut it, Rita. Yeah, it is it's shameful. Can you believe um, that uh, it is astounding, Denise, as you brought up that 
she took the leap to tie it to Lee Zeldin because somehow this loony she's taking the leap is tied to January 6th. So then that's got to be tied to Trump. And then anybody who's ever been in the presence of Trump or knows Trump, well, then they're all to blame. You know what I mean? It's like if you walk uh, down the street and passed him on the street, you're to blame too. You know, I mean, it's like, it is just, it's, it is so throwing darts and it's so disgusting. And just like you said, to use it for political gain when they clearly didn't say it as our last caller was talking about when the Rubio incident happened. I mean, that was just a few days ago. The poor guy was beating to a pulp. He had a Rubio shirt and he had a, a DeSantis hat on, was canvassing and beat up really badly. They didn't say anything. So where were their morals then? Nowhere. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's all right. This could be my love song to Teddy, the uh, mortician or mathematician. I'm not sure which one. I think he loves me. I think he does. I think he's jealous of Norman, who calls a lot, too. It's a little caller jealousy going on here. By the way, one thing I want to mention to all of you guys, I hope that you join 77 WABC and Red Apple Media and also Ramsey Mazda as we honor law enforcement officers across the country. We're going to do that on November 3rd with lots of special guests and also commentary. 77 WABC and Red Apple Media and Ramsey Mazda back the blue. It's going to be on Thursday, November 3rd. Tune in, and we will have a number of special interviews that we'll be airing on this show and many other shows as we recognize our great men and women in law enforcement and also their families. Um, let's go to Phil. Uh, Phil, your thoughts on line four, your thoughts about all this uh, with the with this terrible attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Rita, I made a few calls. I know I know this guy, uh, Tito, who lives out in the Bay Area, San Francisco. He's, he's like, I think, north of Marcadero. This guy works at a radio station. He's claiming now, this is what he told me. I was, I was saying, you got any scoop on it, anything, any news since you're right in the neighborhood? He told me that one of the radio stations, I'm not sure, I think it's either KMEL or KITS, one of them, he spoke with two of the people that worked there, and they said, quote, that the guy has a record. He's got a big rap sheet. This is what they're saying, and he was a man of color. And I, I, I said, but what is that all about? He said that this, he said, this is not his M.O. This is not his M.O. In other words, that's his not method of operation, breaking into rich people's homes. Okay, he's, he's medium to small-time guy. And, you know, it's interesting because, like you say, the January 6th, January 6th, January 6th, it's all they say. It's all tied to January 6th. However, you notice Schumer hasn't said a peep. You notice, uh, what's his name, uh, the other one uh, up in uh, Bernie. Bernie didn't say anything. 
Uh, Hochul didn't say really anything about it, if you, if you get my point. A lot of these Democrat politicians have been very quiet about it. The only one screaming blue bloody murder is Biden. Although, and, although, and, by the way, uh, Hochul did try to tie it to Trump and Lee Zeldin and all that. Um, but, but that's interesting. It'll be interesting to find out, Phil, what the background of this guy is, especially when you brought up that he has a rap sheet. Like, what other crimes has he committed? Um, how did he, you know, it's odd that he got into the house. Um, and it's just, it's sad. You know, I just, it, it's such a horrible, horrible thing. Um, but regardless, he's clearly a troubled individual. And I hate when I hear them taking the leap um, and blaming Trump or now Hochul trying to blame Lee Zeldin. I mean, this is like it's preposterous. It is absolutely preposterous. It's just outrageous on every single level. I just find it so, so disgusting. Phil, thank you very much. Really interesting. Uh, let's go to Pete real quick um, from Staten Island. Pete, uh, your thoughts about all okay, this. Okay, I'll make it. Yes, I'll make it real quick. First of all, I want to extend to Mr. Paul Pelosi a quick recovery, and I hope in the hospital they can keep him out of as much pain as possible, you know, to keep him stable. And uh, great hearing Jackie and Norman and uh, our friend over here that was knocking Norman. I got to tell you something. Norman bench press is over 560 pounds. I bench press uh, about 270, and I'm bigger than him. So don't watch what you say about Norman because he's a great guy and he's smart. And I love Norm. I, I, I think he's jealous of Norm. He's a he's a mortician or mathematician, one of the two. And uh, and I think because of that, you know, he's jealous of, of a guy who can bench press like Norm and you. Pete, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.